nice to be able to go, hey, we're going to do this at the movie series, and it's going to be great, and um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be different because it's not normal, but since when am I normal? Come on. But what we're doing, thank you so much, <laughs> what we're doing is uh, the worship team is going to do one blockbuster song at the beginning just because I want people that are new to be able to go, wow, that was pretty good. And uh, so they're going to be playing that. Uh, I hope they do the song. They, I love that I Thank God song. I just told Amy, I said, I just want to run. I just love that song. And she said, do it. And I thought I would flip you all out if I did. So... Uh, when I might need uh, Texas Tom to look at the AC. I forgot to do all of whatever, so if that needs on, I see people fanning themselves. So, yeah, check the, the air conditioner. It's, I know it's September, but hey, you ready for your joke? All right. Cowboy. I love cowboys. Goes in to one of these mom-and-pop diners in town where he lives. Goes into the diner. He's pretty down. The owner of the diner says, hey, John, let's call him John. Sounds like a good cowboy name. Hey, John, what's the matter? He says, I got two horses and I can't tell them apart. He said, can't tell them apart? He said, no. I said, can't tell them apart. The owner of the restaurant says, look, I got an idea. He said, why don't you cut one of their manes shorter than the other one? He goes, you know what? That's a great idea. That is a great idea. So he goes and he does that. About a month later or so, he comes back, down again. Owner of the restaurant says, John, what's the matter? He said, the mane grew back. So I can't tell him again. He said, try the tail. What a great idea. I'll cut the tail. He leaves there excited. About a month or so, he comes back, down again. He said, the, the tail grew back. The owner said, well, let me think. He said, I got it. He said, what's that? He said, measure them. And one will be taller than the other. Some, they're probably not going to be the exact same height. And you'll know. He goes, what a great idea. I'll do that. He comes back about a month or so later. And he looks down again. The guy said, what is it now? He goes, I can't tell. They're pretty much the same height. But the black one is a little bit taller than the white one. Yeah. Yeah, well... You ask for it. So Maddie sends me these. Good Lord didn't create anything without a purpose. Mosquitoes come quite close, though. I can't say that one. <laughs> if Goliath would come back to life today, would you like to tell him the joke about David and Goliath? Nah, he already fell for it once. Uh, where's Solomon's temple located? side of his head all right how does Moses start this his morning he brews a pot of coffee oh scary thoughts well we're so glad you're with us today let's welcome our online crowd God bless you amen if you're watching us online I'm telling you, go to truelifemarion.com. It's going live right from our website. If you go to Facebook, which is fine, but Facebook usually mutes me every week or our worship or, you know, whatever. So they can't mute the website. That would be my suggestion for you to go there. That's the best way to see everything, I think, anyway. We've been talking about how the devil knocks, and uh, there's a, a small teaser trailer we're going to show you. 
And uh, I think, anyway, if they have it ready, I forgot to make sure they had it ready. Word of God today. Well, we've been talking about when the devil knocks, and we're just trying to keep this as real as we can, just keeping things out in the open. The devil likes to keep things hidden, but we want to keep things out in the open, and so the enemy hates that. So just to clarify, we're not trying to glorify the enemy at all. I'm not trying to give the devil his place here in the sun. I'm wanting you to know how he operates so that you know how to fight, so that you know how to win, and you can just take him to task. So we are in a spiritual battle, and that happens daily. And so not everything we see with our physical eyes is always what is always happening. There's more to it than just what you see physically. Somebody say amen to that. There's a spiritual battle as well. We talked about what Paul said, and it's not against people. According to what Paul says in the Bible, he says it's against the forces of darkness, uh, of, of high places and all of those things with the spirit realm and so we need to kind of look at that we do have a real enemy he's got different names you've called him and we've called him we know him as satan we know him as lucifer we know him as the prince of darkness the father of lies the evil one the jerk i just like to say some of those the idiot the stupid one uh the deceiver the accuser today we're looking at him as the destroyer but his mission is against the people of god if you are on the wagon with God and you said, you know, uh, I, I'm, Jesus Christ is my Lord and you've joined the heavenly team, then he's against you. The enemy is against you. And so greater is who is inside you now, Jesus, than the enemy that is in the world. First Peter 5.8 says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. I don't even like the fact that this version, the New Living Translation says he's great. I don't like giving him any credit, but it's in there because he is the enemy. It says, your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around. Everybody say, like. Like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, this is the thing about the devil. He's slime. And all he likes to do, he likes to copy what is right. He likes to copy God. He's always the counterfeit. It says that he looks like a lion. But Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the real deal. He is the one that set you free. He is the one that died for you and died for me. He came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. And, and he tells us that the enemy, the devil, came to steal, kill, and destroy. If things in your life are happening, that things are getting stolen, now I'm going to define some of that. Things are getting killed, I'm going to define some of that, or destroyed. It's not God. It is the enemy doing those things he wants to steal your joy kill your peace destroy your happiness it isn't always physical stuff has anybody in here i mean have you had where stuff that you have is just like happens to it maybe the refrigerator goes out the freezer goes out the car needs a new tire and the list you know and sometimes we make the mistake and i've almost done this because some of this has been we've had attacks 
Now, some of it is just negligence. Come on. We have a brain. Your tire won't last 120,000 miles. I don't know of a tire that does. The devil just took my tires. No, you needed to replace them about 70,000 miles ago or whatever. You know, some of that I get. But, I mean, other times you know it's just out of the blue there seems to be an attack. Don't give the enemy credit. Don't say things like this. Well, when it rains, it pours. I was tempted to say that. And I'm not, there's nothing like terrible about saying that. Do you ever feel like that? <laughs> but just because you feel like that doesn't mean you have to voice what you feel. So I bit my lip and I did not say it. And I was talking to somebody on the phone and this is what I said instead of like, well, this went out and this happened and this happened. I had one guy tell me, you know, it always happens in threes. I wanted to go, you ever remember that? I could have had a V8, but I didn't want to say that. Just. But anyway, I just said, but thank God, God is good. And I began to declare those things. How is he going to take care of it? I'm going to do whatever he says to be in that place. But the enemy, he wants to destroy not just your physical So He doesn't like you being happy because remember we've talked about this. We were made in the image of God. He wants to take away the things that make you happy. The things that you rest in. Remember those old hymns, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. You know, all of those things that you, you have that peace in there. The peace that passes all understanding. You know that you know that you know. He's going to attack. That's what I'm trying to tell you in this three-week series. This is the last of these weeks. He's attacking. He wants your finances, your friendships, your family, your marriage, your body, your mind, your spiritual life. He wants all that. He's always trying to rob the people of God what he wants to bless them with. <clears throat> Last I checked, we live in America, land of the free and home of the brave. And in each, they used to say this, I don't know if they say it much anymore, but a house is a man's, yeah, it's also the woman's. She's the queen, he's the king, however you want to say that. And we've all probably experienced either people on your block or maybe, don't point, people that live next to you are like, I just want them to take care of their stuff. I want, you know, because you... And so we have things inside, and everybody's not the same. Uh, one man's junk is another man's... And, and that's true. Somebody like, I, don't, I just told my wife, I went by uh, a place, and they had stuff sitting out right by the road. Looked like great stuff, because they just didn't want it. I didn't stop for it, <laughs> but they didn't want it. I mean, there was no like $5.25. It was just like somebody's going to take it. And Kim and I have found that to be true. Sometimes I just set stuff. We were like, do you want to go garage sale? I'll either give it and use it as seed, but not junk. If you wouldn't want it because it's junk, then just throw it away. <laughs> People are looking at me like, no. I got a half bag of opened, unsalted peanuts for Christmas one time. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I know what I did with it. but <laughs> So what I'm saying is, I get it. We're all different. We all have our things. We all 
in our home, we run things the way we want to run them. How many have had teenagers? I didn't mean to bring you down. <laughs> People, <laughs> well, you know, we had our kids grow up just like your kids are growing up or grown up, and they would come and they'd say something like, Billy, they let Billy do that at his house. And I would certainly tell my kids, that's awesome. Look around you. Where are you? Does this look like Billy's house? <laughs> we are not at Billy's house. Mm. But there's only that's because you're, you're going to run your house. And, and if we could all go back, I know Kim and I would go back and say, I would probably do some things different. I maybe not, wouldn't have been so aggressive in, in some of these no's and tried to explain them a little better or, or whatever. But back in the day, we didn't, you couldn't get anywhere you wanted with the click of a button. You had to figure it out. And so we did the best we could with what we had, which I'm sure my folks did the best they could with what they had, and your folks did the best they could with what they had. I get it. But there's those times where you're just protection. Just the other night, she heard a noise. Devin, you'll like this. When you're married, if Cassie hears a noise, you get to find out what it is. <laughs> so I went, our house is a pretty good size. Three days later, I returned. No. Okay, it was just a few minutes. <laughs> but I went to every door, every closet, every room. And I am doing what you probably do if you're a man in the building. And she heard a noise. I'm laying there thinking, I want to hear it again. So if I hear it, then I'll, not that I wouldn't think, I know she tells me the truth, but it would validate. And I could go in my mind to what I thought it was. But I didn't hear anything. But because she had asked, honey, there's, I heard a noise. There's no way she's going to sleep if I don't do the husband thing. So I get out of bed. I'm going to every door. I'm going downstairs in the basement, every door. <laughs> Nothing. Bedroom. Nothing. So after about five minutes or so, I get back up. I said, all clear. She's like, thanks, honey. That was it. Is that necessary? What I'm, well, listen, the church has let little things go for the longest time. And before you know it, we don't know what those little things are. But what she is saying is, what if that would have been something that she heard that wasn't supposed to be heard? Would it be much better to be down there going, <laughs> wax on, wax off, then oh, it's nothing and find out and not be ready. The enemy is trying to get you to sleep, to get you not aware. We've just looked at Peter where it says be aware, but there's so many of us are stretched, we're tired. Week one, we talked about the enemy as the deceiver to the accuser. In the first week, he, he flooded our minds with lies. The second week, he tried to get into our heart with accusations and condemnation. And you're this and you're that. You're nothing. You'll never be used. And today, he's after pride. He wants to give you pride, your will. You know what pride is? Pride's thinking you can do things better than God. You think you're all that and a bag of chips. 
Most people think the only time the enemy attacks is when you're, you're stretched out, you're overwhelmed, you're depressed, you, you've just had too much. You're weak, you're tired, you feel vulnerable. Will he attack then? Yeah, he will. But I'm here to tell you this morning, sound the alarm, he'll attack you when you're on the mountain. When everything is going right, he'll try to slide pride in. If you're taking notes this morning, our first thought is, he is on the hunt. He's always attacking you. Some things that attack, I, I don't notice them. They're kind of like the joke about the mosquito. Maybe at one time they'd have got me. They're not getting me there now. But, so he'll find out, is there, a, is there a glitch in the armor? He's looking. He's attacking. You have to be on guard. He'll get at good times as well as bad times. He doesn't care. Plain and simple, the enemy hates you because you were made in the image of God. He just wants to get you, period. He doesn't care how and to what end. Now, God has kept us safe, and I thank God for that. We pray over our house every time we leave. We plead the blood of Jesus over our house. We pray angels around it. When we were, uh, our kids were little growing up, we would pray at the bed. We would all kneel at the bed, and we'd go youngest to oldest. This is my youngest. She was fun. She would be like, I don't, I don't want to pray. I would just tell her, I don't care what, I mean, you just have to, if you just say, thank you, God, Moving on. And sometimes, until she got into the knack of it, that's all she would say. Because she had the peer pressure of Sam, Zach, and Mal wanting to go to bed, but little Miss Tight Lips here wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> and so they're like, Maddie! And so she'd finally, thank God. And then they'd be like, and then they'd get to Mallory, and Mallory would thank God from anything from who tied the pups to counting everybody that made it to the promised land, you know, and their family and their dogs. And, you know, Zach would be like, oh, come on, Mal. <laughs> you get to Zach, and Zach would be saying stuff like, God, just put angels around the woods. And I'm, I, I just would chuckle because I've been thinking, of, you know, angels are on assignment. You know, you send angels to do stuff. They hearken, come on, to the word of God. I'm thinking those angels are up there going, great, wood duty again. Would this kid do anything besides, you know? So, I mean, we, we just tried to teach our kids and we talked to them about how important it was to pray and, and to begin to, you know, thank God. And, and there's stuff that goes wrong. We would still thank God for what goes right. But the enemy, he doesn't care about you. Pride is at the root of what he does. And so I want to unpack pride a little bit today, if you just give me a couple minutes. If you're dealing with pride as a Christian, you love Jesus. We should love Jesus. He is who we believe in. We know that he's coming again. We know that he died for us. We thank him for his sacrifice. And what we want to do is we want to please God. When you have somebody in your life that you deeply care for, you want to find out what their likes and dislikes are. Is that not true? And you want to please them in any way that you can. I, you know, I'm not going to get my wife some camo pajamas. She does not like that. I might like to hunt. She's not crazy about it. So, you know, I, I'm going to do things that would make her happy. 
if there's something that they don't like, you try to avoid that. Is that not true? What about God? It's okay with relationships like this. You know your relationships like this go much better when your relationship like that is good. So what about God? If we know that God loves us and we say we love God, shouldn't our actions begin to radiate, I don't know, look like what we're saying? That's it. Thank you. Resonate, not radiate, but you know. Starts with an R. Today, we're going to learn the letter R. Are you aware that there are things that God actually hates? You say, no, no, God's a God of love. Oh, yes, but there are things that he hates. Proverbs 8, or excuse me, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates, no seven things he detests. I'm going to give you a spoiler. If I can find it, I'm going to get me a live horse, and I'm going to ride in here on a live horse, and I'm going to call this the Malignant Seven. And they're going to play Magnificent Seven music, and I get to wear my holster. Of course, I'll probably have to put a toy gun in it, but I'll still... There are seven things that he hates. I'm going to read them to you. It says, he detests them. Haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. That's quite a list. Our government doesn't make this list. The top of the seven is pride, a haughty, haughty eyes. Pride does its job because it's deceptive. Our second thought, if you're taking notes today, pride hides. So, Brett, what are you saying? The more pride you have, the less you think you have it. If I were to ask each of you, and again, I'm not saying I'm innocent of this, do you have a problem with pride? If before you answered, you, you would say something like, absolutely not. I have no problem with pride. Pride can't even. You probably need to listen to this a little closer. If you say, yes, I've dealt with that from time to time, or yeah, I'm dealing with that now, or whatever that answer then you're getting some of this because we can't really, I mean, if we think that we can do this better than God, that's pride. It's hard sometimes, and I've struggled, and maybe you have too, even to accept a compliment when someone says, oh, you know, I, I love the message, I love this, and because I want to say, well, thanks. And I do say thanks if the Lord gives me that, but it, it is really God that helps me do that because that's where I get my information. So I'm not doing it on my own. I'm doing it in him we live. Come on and move and have our being. It is God's anointing that comes in. And somebody will say, I'll tell you, this ministered to me. And somebody will say, I, I didn't even really hear that, but I heard this. That's got to be God because it isn't me. I'm not that good. Real pride, sinful, destructive pride is a declaration of independence. Not like the United States. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, it says, God, I'm self-sufficient. I have everything I need. Your services 
are no longer required. <laughs> As a pastor over the years, I have had the privilege of pastoring many, many people. And there are some people that I only see when things go really, really wrong. That's the only time I see them. And as soon as that ship turns around, they disappear again. Because they needed God kind of like a pop machine. I want to put in the selection, hit the button. I better get what I'm praying for or somebody's shaking that machine. The truth is, we are in no way self-sufficient. Here's some issues with pride. Pride angers God. Proverbs 16.5 says, The Lord detests the proud. I detests the proud. They will surely be punished. Why does he feel that way? So I started asking, and this, just check this out. Lucifer was kicked out of heaven. Satan, the idiot, the slime ball, was kicked out of heaven. That's in Isaiah 14, 12 through 14, because that's what the devil was made of, pride. There was five eyes in that whole encounter he had. He thought, I can do this, I can do that, and he got kicked out with a third of the angels. And pride ruined the entire human race because the devil used it against Eve. And she bought it. Genesis 3, 1 through 7. You see, that's what he does with you and me. He tries to appeal to your pride. After all, we call it rationalization a lot of times. He makes you, well, you know, you, you've been really good. And he'll just begin to try to get you where he thinks he can get you. Pride can be tricky. Have you ever done this? I've been guilty of this. I almost hate to tell you, but I'm going to tell you. Have you ever felt <clears throat> not so good about yourself, and then somebody else does something like you've done, and it's stupid, and then you feel better about yourself because you're not the only one that did it? I mean, I think some of that's normal. I don't know if it's right. It doesn't seem, because there's pride at the bottom of that. Oh, you made me feel good. You're stupid, too. I mean, just stuff. Have you ever walked out to your car and you got all kinds of stuff in your hands and you're thinking, I can almost see this stuff dropping. I got to be real careful. And then it all drops or does whatever, just like you saw. And you're like, oh. And then later, maybe in a day or so, you see somebody else and something happens. and You're like, oh, I just said, I'm guilty of this. Somebody was back in the Dream Team Cafe, by the way, you ought to glance in there. If you've never even looked, we got the carpet and everything done. We haven't got the, the stuff on the walls yet, but the place looks amazing. Uh, but anyways, they did something. They, they bent down, whatever fell out, and they tripped. And, and I remember, and I'm the pastor, so I'm sorry. I don't even remember who did it. And if some, somebody out here is probably, oh, it was me. But they tripped, and I, I laughed. And I said to them, I just did the same thing yesterday. And inside, I was thinking, it's not just me. Then I wrote this. And I'm like, I need help. Because pride comes in like that. The enemy is always trying to hide. We compare ourselves all the time, don't we? If others mess up, 
like I said, we'll feel better about ourselves or we're not so as, as successful as this person or that person or whatever. Pride is at the bottom of that. Pride never reaches your hands and feet. It lives inside. It lives in your heart. The actions are lived by the instructions they get inside from your mind. When you were first born, we've experienced some of that. Remember, you have a little baby, and you take their toy. Mine! Mine! So there's selfishness, and there's also pride. We live in a generation now where there's a lot of young people that really don't know what a work ethic is. They think everybody owes them a living. We've nurtured that. Pride. Do you know that pride brings strife? Boy, do we need Jesus. At the root of every quarrel, every conflict, every battle and war is the sin of pride. Proverbs 13.10 says, pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. So the next argument we hear, the next church that divides, the next divorce that tries to destroy a home, somebody is yielding to pride. Pride has no honor. Matthew 23.12 says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Brett, what are you trying to tell me? The way up is down. I heard a story of a man, he was in a major theme park, and they went into one of those rooms to show, you know, one of their, I don't know, I suppose a, a musical dance show or something, or something was going to be displayed, and they were the first in there, and so they were right up against the rail, and they were all excited because they were the first in there. Then people came in, and then there were some kind of bullies and stuff that came in, and they just pushed them out of the way and turned around like, you got a problem with that? And, and then people started filling in, and the kids looked at the dad and the, the mom, and this is what the dad said. And I, I may not have the story completely right, but I'm just going to give you the best of my ability, what I believe I understood. The dad said, God always takes care of us. We didn't come here to start trouble. It's okay. And so they stepped back, and other people flooded in and flooded in, and pretty soon now they're in the very back of the auditorium. And the kids were so bummed. And the father just said, it's going to be okay, kids. It's going to be okay. The person came in and said, thank you all for coming. We're so glad that you're with us. Now, if you turn around, it starts from back there. So they were at the back, and now they're the first again. And the people that were in the first are now the back. It isn't that a, a case of just the first become, or the last become first and all of that. I mean, just putting God first in everything that we do. You see, Satan said, I'll ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That's in Isaiah, as I told you. He sought honor, and he dishonored himself. Jesus was totally opposite. Jesus left all of his holy attributes, or well, maybe not holy attributes, but his, his crown and, and his placement in heaven to come and walk this earth and be with us. He didn't clutch onto his divine rights. He knew his Father in heaven still had those secure, but he had to do what he was sent to do. He humbled himself. And so God exalted him. That's in Philippians 2, 6, and 11. 
I want you to, if you're taking notes, check this statement out. Those that are online, you might want to write this down. Jesus was not free because he didn't sin. He didn't sin because he was free. Jesus did not, or was not free because he didn't sin. He didn't sin because he was free. How do we walk like that? I really believe that there is, I know we're human, I get all that, but I think that we could walk a lot closer than we do, myself included. Let me give you a pop quiz. How many love pop quizzes in school? I didn't. But give yourself a good reality check here. Are you irritated when you're corrected for a mistake? Before I go any further, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm reading off some of my mail. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, but again, I'm not here to make me happy. I'm here to make God happy. Do you find yourself accepting praise for things over which you have no control? Do you tend to forget who blessed you with talents and abilities? When you make a mistake, are you quick with an alibi? Is everything somebody else's fault? When there's a personal conflict, are you quick to tell yourself you can get along without that person? That's, that's lonely at the top, ain't it? <laughs> are you prone to think you can go it alone? Is it difficult for you to take advice? Are you extremely reluctant to even seek or ask for it? Do you have an ungrateful spirit toward what God has given you and bitterness about what you think you deserve? Is your life marked by a sense of com competition? In other words, you're comparing or you feel like you're always in a race with some, someone, something. Do you measure success by victories over other people? Do you see yourself in an individual, you see yourself an individual away from God in a sense of self-sufficiency? I don't know. There's a lot of those things like, I need some help here. I need some help here. I need some help here. Some of them I've got better at. Pride precedes destruction. The Bible says pride comes before the fall. 1525 of Proverbs. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. See, if we, if we are proud, I mean, and I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm proud of my kids. That's a whole different subject. I'm not saying, you know, it's by the grace of God that we, we have great kids. And you understand what I'm saying. I'm talking when I'm talking about destructive pride. Let me just say this. At the, at the palace theater, Lee Greenwood's going to be singing uh, here real soon, so you need to check that out. But remember, he said the song, I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. He's going to be there. Okay, there's nothing wrong with being proud to be an American. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about pride, destructive pride, I don't need God pride, I am too good for anybody pride, that kind of pride. If we leave it unchecked, it becomes hardened. It affects our heart. And it deals with your listening ability on God. Your heart becomes a little harder to his voice. And when he's calling you to repentance, isn't that what the Holy Spirit does? 
You see, he doesn't condemn you. He convicts you. And you go to God and say, I need this fix. I'm so sorry. When we are too proud, we can't. It's hard for us to admit we are sorry. And we don't accept anything. I've had somebody that I knew and was close to at one time said, this is what they said, their exact words, I am never wrong. I said, did you hear yourself? And they said again, I heard it, I am never wrong. That statement in itself is wrong. But, you know, all I can do is pray for them. And that's not saying I'm better than them. It's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying I don't want that in my spirit. I'm wrong a lot. I don't like that, but I'm getting better because I want to keep my ear to the track. I want to hear what God is telling me. Pride will eventually destroy us. Today is a day for you to take an inventory for pride. Repent, humble yourself, admit your total dependence upon God. And here's our last thought for today. And it's not a very long one. Dress for the fight. Dress for the fight. Fight with the armor of God. See, the problem is pride gets a foothold because we're not using the correct things to get it off you. You need God's armor. If you use God's armor, it can't get a great foothold in there. You can deflect it. You can take that shield of faith and deflect it. You can put on the helmet of salvation and start thinking right. Come on, somebody. You can start thinking the way God wants you to think. You can have that breastplate of armor and, and righteousness. You can have that where you have God because of what Jesus did. You're righteous. It's not because of me. I can take the sword of the Spirit and I can look at pride. I can look at the enemy and I can fight the destroyer, the deceiver. I can tell him, look, it is written. And I didn't write it, but I believe every word of it. And here's something you need to know. He knows it's true. The devil knows the word of God is true, but he doesn't want you to wield it. He doesn't want you to say, it is written. He doesn't want you, like Revelation says, they overcame him, meaning the enemy, by the blood of the lamb. What Jesus did on the cross when you said yes to Jesus you're now part of the family. And the word of their testimony. Quit having the monies. Just go into the word of God. What are you telling me, God? If this is what's happening, tell your mountain about your God. Quit telling God about your mountain. You have the authority. God put it in you. It's his spirit. It moves. It lives. It breathes inside you. And you let God have his way. And when you do that, pride just starts backing up. And it starts losing its grip. You don't have to be right in every fight, every argument. He's bigger than that. And so are you. If he's living inside you, make it a good home. Make it one. It might always be under construction. I know feel like I'm always, I think I've just, ooh, and then all of a sudden, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Where are you at today? Has pride snuck its way in there? It's okay because you can get rid of it. Now, I'm going to pray. We're going to do the rest of the service, receive an offering. I'm going to send you on your way. If you need pride broken off you, I'm going to be right down here. 
and I'm going to pray for you. And if you don't, there's no magic in me. You've heard me say this before. I'm just the jumper cable. All I'm going to do is connect you to the one that's got the goods. And he put the goods inside of me. And let me give you a clue. He put it inside you. And it's time you got the grocery list off the refrigerator. And you went shopping and got what God's told you to get. You can do it. But it doesn't go away on its own. The devil doesn't roll over and say, go ahead. He'll fight you. Put on the armor. He can't get to you. You don't have to be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. We've talked about that. If he's going to attack Jesus, he's going to attack you. And if you don't think so, then we've got pride to break off. So you need to just go, okay. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Remember that? Pray in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. My brothers and sisters, whatever you magnify becomes bigger. Magnify God. Magnify God. We got an issue? God, put your scope under it. Tell me what to do. Repent and do it. Do it. Your life will never be the same. Bow your heads, close your eyes.